Welcome to the Linnaean Society of London. If you know the extension of the... Please wait a moment. Most AI research is really about building, building systems that, that can replace people. And the problem with that is that you can build a system that's smart, that can replace people, but it won't necessarily share our values, share our interests, share our sensibilities. But when we build a system that, that includes people, we think that's a really powerful way to build an artificial intelligence. But it's also a really safe way to build an artificial intelligence because humans are inherently involved. That means that human values, human morals, human interests, human sensibilities are part of the system. By following the way bees have amplified their intelligence, we can see a future where AI is not this dangerous competitor to human intelligence, but actually is a pathway to just make people smarter. My name is Clint Perry. I'm a postdoctoral research fellow at Queen Mary University of London. I'm interested in brains. And it just happens that I work with bumblebees and honeybees because the size of their brain and their cognitive flexibility as we know now. They've been shown to do things like associate uh, fl certain flowers with reward and other flowers with punishment. They've been shown to be able to count individual landmarks, only up to four it seems. Their brain is about the size of a sesame seed. And I feel that if we're going to get at these more complex phenomena like emotions and uh, consciousness even, then we're going to need to get at the underlying neural mechanisms. Intelligence in terms of behavioral cognitive flexibility, being able to learn that one thing is rewarding and another thing is punishing. And then perhaps another level of that is being able to learn that both of these things are rewarding or punishing in different ways in a different environment. Having the ability not just to find, say, red color rewarding, but maybe red flower in the morning rewarding, and red flower in the afternoon, it's not, should indicate consciousness at some level. Now, this isn't taken as fact, but it, it, it does seem to be a possible good indicator to get at consciousness. One of our recent experiments looked at a type of tool use, which was taking an object and using that to essentially take it into a flower to get reward. We just pushed the ball in with a little model bee and they watched that and picked it up relatively quickly. They could learn how to do this. This is a pseudo-social situation which they learn from. So we set up a new experiment to ask, can they improve on what they see, not just copy what they see, So we had three situations, one where a trained bee showed another bee, a naive bee, how to roll the ball into the center to get a reward. But in the social demonstration where they saw the other bee move it, most of the bees, almost all the bees, solved the task and solved it really well and fast. 
This is, shows that that social demonstration, that just seeing the other bee manipulate this ball was really important and really powerful in them learning the task. In the ghost demonstration, where we moved the ball with a magnet underneath the platform, so it looked to the bee like the ball was moving on its own. Some of the bees picked it up and they did relatively well, enough that says, okay, just, move, just seeing the ball on its own move was enough to pick this up. Uh, but they took a while and they didn't do great. And then a third situation where the ball just was in the middle of the platform and the bee would come out and find the reward at the center. Now in all these situations we actually had three balls on the platform at, at, during the training trials. Uh, one ball was far away from the platform, that was the ball that was moved each time. Then we had two other balls, one that was midway between um, the edge and the center, and another one that was a bit closer. Almost all the bees that were tested, uh, especially in the social group, chose the ball closest to the middle to push into that, the center to get reward. If they were just copying what they saw, then they should move the furthest ball away into the center, showing that they had the cognitive flexibility to improve on uh, what they saw, not just copy it. I think just understanding the fundamental mechanisms of individual decision making and cognition, we can then uh, use that to build into this, some of these uh, uh, more collective decision making processes. In doing this, one of the goals is, is to create consciousness in some way. And so understanding consciousness at a very simple level will be able to help inform AI in building something that might be conscious at some point. If you have a population that has knowledge and insight and wisdom and intuition and you connect them together in a system, they will be much smarter together than they would be on their own. I am Louis Rosenberg, uh, the CEO of Unanimous AI, and we are a California-based AI company that is focused on amplifying the intelligence of human populations. And we do that by connecting people together in real time using AI algorithms. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey. 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 Hello. The technology that we use is officially called artificial swarm intelligence. We normally think about intelligence as the evolution of a brain. Now, a honeybee has a tiny, tiny brain. And, and for them to get smarter, they really couldn't get much bigger. So evolution and, and nature found another way to increase their intelligence, which is instead of uh, just forming systems of neurons inside their heads, they started to form systems of organisms, systems of, of bees that work together as basically a brain of brains. So honeybees every year have a, a really challenging problem to solve. A group of 10,000 bees you know, has outgrown their current home and they need to find a new home. And uh, it sounds like a simple problem, but it's life or death. If they don't pick 
well, it could mean death to the colony or it could mean the colony will struggle for generations. And so the way that bees solve this problem is they send out scout bees into the world, hundreds of scout bees that will search 30 square miles of terrain to find possible homes. And they, they will search and find dozens of candidate sites. And they will bring that information back to the colony. And so they're out there doing data collection, basically shopping for, for homes. And that's actually the easy part of the process. The hard part is that they need to pick the best possible site from all these different homes that they've discovered. And the thing is, honeybees are really discriminating house hunters because they need to find a home that's large enough to store the honey they need for the winter, that's ventilated well enough that they can keep it cool in the summer, that's insulated well enough that it can stay warm in the winter, has to be protected from the rain, but it also has to be close to good sources of water. Uh, it needs to have a hole that is small enough to, uh, to stop predators from coming in, but big enough to allow a lot of bee traffic to come in and out. And it also needs to be close to good sources of pollen. And so it turns out this is a complex problem because they need to pick the best possible home across all of these different competing constraints. And so scientists would say this is a, a multivariable, multi-constraint problem. And to find the best possible solution is hard. A single honeybee with less than a million neurons could not possibly solve this problem. In fact, a human would have a hard time solving this problem. And yet biologists have shown that honeybees, by using swarm intelligence, pick the best possible solution over 80% of the time. And when they don't pick the best solution, they usually pick the next best solution. And they do it by forming a system where they, they basically think together in a system, they take in all this information, they process the information, and they converge on the best solution. About a year ago, we were challenged by a journalist at, at CBS Interactive to predict the Kentucky Derby. And the Kentucky Derby being the, the largest horse race in the U.S. And what they said was, well, can you predict not just the winner of the race, but the first four horses in order? And in horse racing, that's actually called the Superfecta. And it went off at 540 to 1 odds last year. And so what we did was we built a, a human swarm. And what that means is we start with people. We start with horse racing enthusiasts. And so we took a group of people connected over the Internet who are familiar with horse racing. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hey. And we had them connect together as a swarm and work together as a system to predict the, the four horses of the race. And we gave the four horses to the reporter who wrote a story. She actually went to the race and tweeted out her ticket because she, she placed a bet on the Superfecta. And this swarm of humans Hello. Hey. Hey. was perfect. Their predictions were, were exactly right, which means anybody who had placed a $20 bet on those four horses would have won $11,000. And I fortunately placed a $20 bet and won $11,000. Uh, the reporter placed a bet. A bunch of her readers who were following her tweets placed bets. In fact, one of her readers reported winning $50,000, which demonstrates how smart this you know, human swarm could be. But what's actually even more interesting 
is that we also looked at how the individuals would have done on their own had they not been a swarm. And as individuals on their own, none of them got all four horses correct. And in fact, had they taken a vote, they would have only gotten one horse right out of four. But by thinking together as a swarm, they were perfect. By modeling honeybees, we've created the algorithms and the interfaces that we can use to enable people to form similar swarms online using AI algorithms to combine their knowledge and wisdom and insights and intuition into, into basically an artificial hive mind where humans can solve really hard problems that they could not have solved on their own. Just like honeybees can solve really, really hard problems that they could not have solved as, on their own.